Well, it's good to have Mr. Zachary back. I want him to know that we missed him whenever he's come. I don't, I don't want him to feel bad that he left and went on vacation without us. And yeah, he was on his anniversary. I heard he was on an anniversary, but he told me he was not. Said he was someplace else. Go to Exodus chapter 16. I don't want to embarrass him. I'm not going to tell you why he's losing so much weight either. I won't throw him under the bus. I'm not going to say anything bad about the fact that he looks like he's hadn't eaten in a week. But um, <laughs> Exodus, you know, Lisa and I were watching the um, movie, uh, the thing called Alone. And um, I'm going to tell you what, what a great weight loss program. <laughs> Never mind. Y'all don't have any, y'all just don't have any humor about you at all. But I just don't think I'm going to go to Canada and just not eat for three weeks and looking for trying to catch one fish, so I think I'll, I think I can find another way to do it. Exodus chapter 16. I want to talk about something tonight. Um, I got a lot of things I want to talk about all the time, but I don't have enough time to do any of it. Exodus 16. I want to talk about trust. Let's talk about trust. Let's talk about trusting God. You know, I would say that has got to be one of the most difficult things people have ever encountered is trusting him. First of all, you don't trust anybody you don't know very well. You don't know him very well. You're like, I don't know if I trust you or not. Right. You know, but, but really, all of us, including me, I've had times when I've had a hard time trusting what God said. Um, I'd like to, to believe that I'm not like that all the time, but I have had times. But all of us have had to deal with this at one time or another, and there's a benefit in trusting him. And I'm going to tell you this right now, that's a big deal to him. He wants you to take him at his word. And if you, once you understand that about him, you'll understand that in the garden, all God wanted Eve to do was to, was to say, well, I know the tree looks pretty good, and it might even taste good, and it might be everything you say. But the bottom line is God said no. And that's really all God's really looking for in you and I is did he lie? And he kind of takes offense at someone thinking that he lies about stuff. Amen? So Exodus 16, we're going to start with verse 12. This is the story of uh, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and not having anything to eat. I said verse 12. Let me, let me start with, let me start with um, verse 4. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day they'll prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather daily. In other words, on a, on a Friday night, because Sabbath was Saturday, then we'll talk about that in a minute. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, at evening you'll know the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. In other words, Moses and Aaron did not bring them out. Now you can see here that they're blaming Moses for the circumstance, and Moses is like, I, I didn't bring you out. So in verse 7, in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, and he shall hear your complaints 
against the Lord, but what are we that you complain against us? We're not the one doing this. And Moses said, this will be a scene when the Lord gives you meat in the evening and in morning bread to the full, for the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him, and what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spoke to Aaron, say to the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord, he has heard your complaints. Verse 10, it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that day. They looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, I've heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them and say, at twilight you'll eat meat. In the morning you'll be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And so it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp. In the morning the dew lay around the camp. And what happened was, is because they're in a desert, a wind from somewhere picked up an enormous amount of quails. There's probably three million plus people here. That's a lot of quails, a lot of birds. Somewhere along the line, uh, somewhere a, a wind just picked all the birds up and God began to move them. And hey, wouldn't that be cool to watch thousands and thousands of quails being blown to a location? Now, I, I just think it would be cool to see it happen. Anyway, so the birds came and kind of dropped all over them and the people ran and picked them up. And the, uh, in the morning, dew lay around. Verse 14, and when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? Now the word what is it is the Hebrew word manna. That's where the, that's where the word manna came from. They did not know what it was. And Moses said, this is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. An omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take those who are in his tent. The children of Israel did so and gathered some more and some less. So I'm going to stop right there for just a second. Think about what, he, what just happened here. They never saw how it got there other than a dew. Or, or came in like a fog every morning. And the moment it lifted, there were what appeared to be wafers. And it says, we'll read in a minute, it tasted kind of like, I'm going to say like a shortbread with sugar in it. And it was like a little wafer, but it was, apparently it was a complete food. So think about the fact that for 40 years, these people walked out every morning and gathered breakfast, lunch, and supper. Right off of the ground. They didn't do anything. So um, even though in, the, in, the, in Egypt they had, you know, they're, they're going to talk about having leeks and onions, but they were in bondage. God's got them out of there. But there is no grocery stores. There is no rice. There's no wheat. There's no tomatoes. Well, there's nothing but rocks and dirt. So the fact that God is feeding them at all is, is a complete miracle. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, th- this is written in our Bible, not just for them, but for you and I too. And so verse 17, the children of Israel did so, gathered some more and some less. 
So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over. He who gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it until morning. In other words, God is giving you a daily supply. And he's going to give you a daily supply every day. Don't store it. Are you all out there? Very important, very important. Notwithstanding, they didn't heed Moses. Some of them left part until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need, and when the sun became hot, it melted. And so it was on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and all of the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, and he said, this is what the Lord said, tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today. Boil what you will boil. Lay up for yourselves all that remain to be kept until morning. So they, now, now what I want to show you here is that for some reason or another, a miracle happened on Friday. They had twice as much, but it didn't stink. So, you know, you understand they're living in a miracle all the time. Now, let's get a picture here for a minute. They're in a desert that is so hot that you would die in it. And it's so cold, you would freeze to death in it. And it's so barren, you'd starve to death in it. And there's no water. Now, God is everything. The cloud is overshadowing them during the day to keep them cool. And the fire is coming at night to keep them warm. And every day, he's giving them food from nothing. And water out of a rock that the Bible says followed them everywhere they went. An instant river. Everywhere they went, there was a rock and water came out of it. Now, you understand, he's setting them up to learn who he is, God is. He wants them to trust him. I'm God, you're not. But I'm what we're going to read now and what I just read to you, I want you to realize this. What is fear? There's a word I'm looking for. All fear is based on self-preservation. That's very important what I just said. Because this is why you and I don't trust God. We kind of help him a little. I know what you said, but... I know what you said... So because to them in their mind, what happens if, I mean, I know. So let me ask you a question. Let's just get real deep here. What are you going to do if somehow or another God has misplaced your name in the book of life? I mean, do you have an asbestos suit? Are you... What, what are you doing to prepare for him if he d- messes up? There's nothing you can do. Thank you. There's nothing you can do. You, he's either telling you the truth or forgive. 
But you're going to notice that mankind has always kind of had a thing with God. I know what you said, but I'm going to take care of me some. Now, we're not reading this for them. We're reading this for you and I. Because every day of your life, we all have this tendency to say, well, I know what the Bible says, but that's, that's going to create problems for you. Because there are things you can't do. Thank you. You can't wash yourself in the blood. You can't forgive yourself. You can't redeem yourself. You can't make the Holy Ghost pray through you what you like. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff you're not in control of. And the faster you know it, the better off you will be. I know he told me to do this, but I'll tell you I have a plan. You, can you spell the word failure? Okay, because it's not going to work. All right, let's, let's, I got a lot to do tonight. Verse 23, and he said, tomorrow is the Sabbath. It's a rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you'll bake today, boil what you'll boil, lay up for yourselves what remains, be kept till morning. So they laid up till morning, and Moses commanded, and it didn't stink, nor were there any worms in it. That's a miracle. Moses said, eat that today, for today is the Sabbath of the Lord. Today you'll not find it in the field. Six days you'll gather it. The seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now, I don't, then I, I, I got to finish this. Let me finish this. It happened that some of the people still got up and went on the Sabbath to gather and found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments? Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about Sabbath. Sabbath is a rest, but it's also God's day. Now, I think some of y'all need to hear this because... There's one commandment in the Ten Commandments that everybody says is legalism, and that's church. I'm going to come over here and put, y'all got so quiet, thought I was in the Baptist church. So in the, in the, in the Ten Commandments, is murder legalism? What about lying? What about adultery? What about stealing? None of the Ten Commandments are legalism. Why is Sabbath the only one that we have decided we're not doing it? It's quiet in this Baptist church. Let me explain something to you. Your body was not designed to push seven days a week. And I won't tell you a secret. If you do it, you will, in, in, you will spend in, in a hospital the days you broke. Now, you can do what you want to with that. You, you, you can get mad at me. You can fuss at me. But Sunday is not a work day, and it's not your work day. Because God, if he can't meet your needs in six, you can't meet it in seven. You see, the church is doing the same thing now they did. And it's not good. Now, your spirit man needs time with God apart from the world. When we're in Israel... At Friday, Friday night, they turned everything off. Whoa. Why? 
They went home to their kids, and they went home to their family. You need family time, and you need God time, and you need God time where you're not computer and God and work and God. You need God time. And the church in America is in the mess it's in because we don't believe that. We, we've had people say, well, that's my day. It, it's not your day. Now, Jesus said the Sabbath was not made, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. I'm glad he gave it to us because businesses should heed God and not work you to death. If you're a Christian and you own a business, and you're employing people on Sunday, you are in rebellion. Now, you can, you can do what you want to with that, but you go to read the book of Zechariah. Even Egypt, that doesn't come to keep the Sabbath during the millennial reign, God said, I'll pour no rain on you. Wow. He takes this very serious. There's a God day. Jack Hayford said, every day you break a Sabbath, you will spend in a hospital. Your body was not made to push. You have to stop pushing it. Your mind was not made push, push, push. I had a man came to me one day, worked. He came to church here, and he says, Pastor, I need you to don't, don't go past 12. Um, I, I got a car deal at one. I said, that's your fault. He said, that's the only time he could come. I said, well, why don't you just tell him that you'll meet him tomorrow? Well, he can't come. Well, why don't you trust? Why don't you trust God? When Chick-fil-A opened up, and I think every business should listen to this, Everyone said, the day mm-hmm. is Sunday. He said, that's his day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he would, he would rather take a cut in pay than to employ people on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What's his number one fast food restaurant? Do you think poor old dumb God <laughs> does not have enough intelligence that he could actually bless you for honoring him? No. He would. Well, that's my beach day. It ain't your beach day either. That too much for y'all? I'm telling you this for your sake. I'm not putting you in bondage. You say, well, I I miss Sunday. There's the blood of Jesus. I think God looks at our heart. But if if you're just like, well, you know what? I have to be gone. No, you don't have to. I worked a job and I worked on Sunday and I went to God and I said, no, now I work in a plant and you told me to get this job and I work three Sundays a month and this is a job you gave me, so I'm going to work. But I'm believing you now in the name of Jesus that I'll be off on Sunday to go to church. Well, it wasn't but about four to five months I got promoted, well, about two months later I got promoted out to the, to the warehouse Two or three months later, I got promoted to the tool crib. And then another month later, they, they gave me the day shift only and brought men and put it under me. God began moving it so I would have the desires of my heart. I wanted to go to church. Right. And now I had to drive to Atlanta to go to church because there wasn't one in Athens. And it was 52 miles one way. I mean, so I went. I mean, I love church. I still love church. So, you know... I kind of, I think that you need to guard yourself because anytime Satan's wanting to do something in your life, he's going to pull you out of church. And that's his, that's game plan one. He's, he'll work on you slow. But there will come a day when you're going to be in there praying and seeking God and he's going to bring it up and go, 
You're not putting me first. Why should I answer your prayers? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. We've become too loose in the body. All right. That's, now, if that bothers you, go home and pray about it. I'm not here to... So, um, why did we change to Sunday? Why is that now the new Sabbath? Well, under, under grace, the early church began to gather on Sunday morning to do have communion. They still kept the Sabbath, which was Saturday, but they, but they also went to Sabbath on, Saturday, on Sunday morning because that's the day Jesus rose from the dead. So under the old covenant, we rested from our works, but under the new covenant, we give him first. And so Spirit of God shifted Sabbath. Our Sabbath is now Sunday, which is the first day of the week, which is we give him the first fruits. We give him the top of the tithe. We give him the best day of the week. We give it to God and honor to God, just like you do tithing. If you would do with time what you did with money, you, he would increase it. And I'm not trying to put you in condemnation. I just want you to think about it for a little bit. So I've been wanting to say that to some of y'all for about a year. Um, you didn't save yourself. It was grace, so the day changed. Whereas works... He labored, he rested from his works, but under grace there are no works. Okay, go to Mark 6. Let's talk about trusting God because we noticed they didn't, did they? They kept going out and looking. They kept breaking what he said. And um, we're not going to talk about money. We, we might a little tiny bit, but I, I want to stay off that subject right now. Go to Mark. Let's talk about... Self-preservation. Who keeps you? God keeps you. Now, he gave you a job because you need one. But he's aware of what you do. But he's not limited by your job to bless you. God doesn't want you to become lazy. He's not a socialist. He, he just hates you laying around doing nothing. He wants you up and busy. He wants you productive. But your job is not your source. It might be a source, but it's not the source. God is your source. That means there's a lot of ways God can bless you in your life uh, even though you have a job, it may shock you that the blessing of Abraham will come a lot more ways than just your job. Amen. So I want to read this to you because I want you to see this, this Mark 6, 35. Let's, um, mm. When day was far spent, the disciples came and said, this is a deserted place, and the hour is late. Send them away, that they'll go to the surrounding country, villages, and buy themselves bread. They have nothing to eat. Now, here we are again. We understand that bread is the sustenance of life. These people, these are farmers and shepherds. They, they live for wheat. They live for the fruits. 
they they live for the 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 vine the the olives and the and the pomegranates and the dates and the olives. They live for the wool and the milk. They're farmers, and it's a huge thing. For, you know, every day of their life, they're not waking up and getting a job and going to Walmart or or to Publix and buy groceries. They their house is the grocery store. So you understand. So when, when they're out listening to Jesus preach, no work's getting done. They, they ain't made, they ain't no milk, they ain't no food. But yet they have taken the time to go hear the word of God. And because of that, the Lord is going to make sure that their needs are met. All right, you, God will meet your needs in church Sunday, just like if you were at work, actually better. All right. He says, send them away that they may go to the county and buy the bread. They have nothing to eat. And he said, why don't you give them something to eat? And, and I preached on this whole thing one time that Peter and the apostles fed them, not, not Jesus. But you give them something. He says, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? We don't have that kind of money. And he said, how many loaves do you have? He said, see. And he said, found, he said five and two fish. And he commanded them, make them sit down on the ground and on the grass in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken five loaves, two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, which fed the people, and set them before them. Two fish he divided among them all, and they ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments of fish. Now all those who had eaten loaves were about 5,000 men. Now let's, let's talk about this just a second. Is he capable of taking care of you? Yes. With a job, without a job. Now, you should have a job in obedience, but, but you understand there's people who go, well, you know, I lost my job. He's still God. He'll get you another one. But in the meantime, he'll still feed you. He'll still take care of you. I want you to understand that's not hindering God. It's not, that's not hindering him. Your faith is hindering him, but not God. He can, he can take care of you. Period. All right. Now, he's showing them this. He wants them to know, I'm El Shaddai. I'm everything you need. In the Old Testament, they were in a desert. God fed them. You're in a desert. I'll feed you. And he's making a correlation here between the two. Like, you ate there, you'll eat here. All right. Now, immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side, best side, and while he sent the multitude away. And he sent them away to depart of the mountain to pray. And the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and, it was in the, and, and he was alone on the land. And he saw him straining and rowing, and the wind was against him. And now the fourth watch of the night, he came walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when he saw him walking on the sea, they supposed he was a ghost, and they started crying. Well, they're screaming, they're screaming. Now, I'm going to show you that in a minute. They did. For they all, for they all saw him and were troubled. Now, that's, that, that might be real mild. They're, they're, they're freaking out. And immediately he talked with them and said, hey, 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 hey it's me, uh, don't be afraid. And he went in the boat and the wind stopped and they were greatly amazed, greatly amazed. What, what's wrong? They're afraid. They're afraid. Why are they afraid? Well, they're in a, they're in a sea and it's raging, and now there's a guy walking around out there, and they're freaking out. Now, I want you to understand, he's going to deal with the fear again. Now, listen, fear is self-preservation. Once you and I learn that if God's got it, 
you have no reason to fear. Uh, that's, my, that's, what we're, that's what we're doing tonight. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to get you to the place where you can sleep when everybody else is not. We're going to get you to the place where you can sing when everybody else is not singing. And, you're, and you can look at circumstances and go, well, glory. All right. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. And they had not understood about the loaves. What in the world is he bringing loaves up about when you... That has nothing to do with loaves and talking about the ocean and the waves and the wind because their heart was hardened. What, what does loaves have to do with him walking on the water? He was trying to teach them something yeah. with the loaves. Right. I'm God. Mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah. Why are you freaking out? And you said they were greatly amazed. They're, they've lost it in the boat. They're having a meltdown. Have you ever had a meltdown? I have. I've had a few. Not as many as I used to have. And I've had to learn to trust God. I've been in some stuff. I've had it when the poop was hitting the fan. All hell was breaking loose. No money in the bank and no friend and everybody mad at me and nobody likes me and lose my job and lose my family and lose everything and broke and not a dime in my pocket. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, well, if I was you, would start counting it all joy about right now. <laughs> and it worked. Because he's God. He's, he's not looking down there going, Daryl, oh my God, we forgot about him. Oh, shoot, he hadn't eaten in a month. Oh, someone tell me, angels, did y'all forget to? Oh, we've been really busy. <laughs> we do actually think that way a little tiny bit, don't we? The devil goes, God ain't helping you, no. All right, let's, let's, let's see where we're going to go now. Uh, we're going to go to Mark 8. Turn the page to the right. Mark 8, 1. In those days, the multitude became very great and having nothing to what? Eat. <laughs> it seemed to be kind of common. Jesus called the disciples and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they've been with me for three days and they have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their houses, they're going to faint on the way. And some of them have come from afar. The disciples says, how can we satisfy what? If you, has anybody heard this record? Now, we're going to read here in a minute that he's going to say, why are you so slow? Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a miracle and three days later you're just... <laughs> Can I give you an instant miracle? It's impossible. You are a miracle. Verse 5, how many loaves do you have? And he said, seven. And he says, oh, okay, tell me to sit down. <laughs> Took seven loaves, gave thanks, broke and gave it to them, fed the multitude. 
fed him with some fish, they ate and filled, took up the baskets, leftover fragments. Verse 11. And the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him. Now, I don't know if I want to read that or not. I don't. Maybe I do. Verse 13, he left again, he got in the boat, and departed the other side. The disciples forgot to take what? <laughs> and they didn't have more than one loaf. And they, he charged them, says, you need to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they said, I think he's mad because we don't have enough bread. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. It is, it, is, it is us reading it now going. <laughs> 4,000, 3,000, and now you're going, I think he's upset because we only have one loaf. <laughs> and he, now he goes, what is with you? <laughs> uh, this is fun. This is fun. <laughs> and they reasoned among themselves that it's because we don't have any bread. And Jesus, aware of it, said, why do you reason that you have no bread? Do you not perceive? Do you not understand? Is your heart still hard? You have eyes you can't see. You've got ears you can't hear. You don't seem to have very good memory either. When I broke five loaves to 5,000, how many baskets did you have left over, boys? They said 12. When I broke seven for 4,000, how many baskets were left over? They said seven. He says, what's up with you guys? It's funny. It's funny when you're reading this and you're like, if I was there, I wouldn't have done that. I don't know. I think we would have done. Verse 22, and they came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man. And anyway, uh, he prays for them. And verse 31, he began to teach the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and scribes and be killed after three days. Now he's telling them what's going to happen. And he spoke the word openly, so Peter pulls him off to the side and rebuked him. This is hilarious, isn't it? Now, why is Peter doing that? Let's read it. It's extremely important because you understand that all of the fish and all of the loaves was to prepare them for this day. He didn't do that just because they're hungry. They were hungry, but he, he's trying to show them something. Very, very important. And Peter took him aside and rebuked him. And when he turned around, he looked at his disciples, and he rebuked Peter and said, You get behind me, Satan. You're not mindful of the things of God, but of things of men. What is he protecting him from? Dying. Why did people go home and hide in their closet during COVID? They're scared they're going to die. I'm going to give you a word from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, all of y'all are going to die. Someday. You're going to die. But are you living? All right. What is Peter dealing with? Because man's number one need, the thing he takes care of more than anything else, is self-preservation. Right. <laughs> Make sure I'm okay. You ain't killing me. I carry a gun. I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you. 
And, and we're taught that from, you know, a baby cries because he's hungry. Now listen to what he said. When he, calls his, his, when he called the people to himself and the disciples also, he said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take his cross and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. What will it profit if a man gain the whole world and lose his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Who is keeping you? God is keeping you. Now, I'm not, Teresa, I'm going to get into that book a minute so you'll understand where this came from. I was reading a book the other day that we're going to be teaching in um, the Bible school. Why was Adam and Eve naked? They came naked. They're going to leave, you're going to leave the earth naked. You don't take anything with you. When you stand before God, you know what he wants? You, you stand before God with nothing in your hand but Jesus in your heart. And you, in other words, in order to get born again, you're going to have to get naked. With the reason they, that marriage has to be the total giving of yourself to the spouse. That means there's nothing hidden. When you walk with God... You come to him naked. Don't bring anything with you. He don't want it. He's either big enough to take care of you or he's not Lord. And that seems to be the most difficult thing we deal with is when we give him us, do we trust him with our life? Because... Why do you lie? Because God does. There's no way in the world he would take care of you, so you must lie. No, you don't have to lie. If God is taking care of you, you don't have to lie. Ever. Do you have to steal? If God takes care of you, do you have to steal? No. You see, all the things that you're doing that are wrong are self-preservation. Every bit of it is self-preservation. You ain't treating me like that. Who's taking care of you? Do you have to do all your fighting? Can't you just go, be blessed? If God is on my side, you're in trouble. Who would harm you if God is on your side? All the things that we do in life are to take care of us. But what if God really is telling the truth? Come on, y'all. I'm doing, I'm doing good. I want a little bit more amen than that. What if he's telling the truth? Is it true? My God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. Is that true? Yeah. It's true. Your, your days of falling apart are over. Because you don't have to perform. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, the last time you did anything, it messed up. I mean, let's go there a minute. We've got, we got to go here. There are things you just don't do well. 
then what are you going to do? Well, you're going to trust God's what you're going to do. You're going to go, well, you know, one time in this church, when I, when I took this church, they, there, was, there were men in the pulpit trying to get the job, and I'm the only one who told them I didn't want it. You know why? He told me I had a job. And I told him, I said, if you're not big enough to put me in the pulpit, I don't want to serve you. What kind of talk is that? It's called faith. Faith. See, if, you're, if you have faith in God, you're a very content, joyful, peaceful person. Not that you're great. He's great. So one day I went in there and looked at the checkbook, and there wasn't but like $200 in it. And I said, you're in trouble. It's in my church. I, I, I cannot... Carry the care of you obeying God. I can't carry that. You either hear from God or whatever. When he said to me, tell him we're going to pay the bill and all, I don't have a care. (laughs) It wouldn't matter to me if you never gave a dime. It wouldn't matter to me. I wouldn't care. In my building, I didn't start this church. He tells me to do it. Okay, God said. And he better talk to you or what? well, you know, I, I, I ain't got no mob out here. Follow them out and break their arm, by God. You know, we ain't doing that. And I'm not going to start lying. And I'm not going to start selling pieces of the cross. Amen. And I'm not going to prophesy over you. Right. And all of the other gimmicks that people do to get people to give, don't shout me down. Amen. It's called faith. I just believe, he said do it, and we're just going to do it. Now, if he didn't say do it, don't do it. Because he ain't going to help you do anything he didn't tell you to do. So don't come, the Lord said, we'll find out. Because if he ain't helping you, he didn't tell you to do squat. You know, when I was in the islands, I love flying airplanes. I love shooting grouper. I love shooting lobsters. Hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus. That the Lord showed me what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the Bahamas, and the money dried up. I got no more money to come here. I said, I ain't got no more money to do this. And he goes, but I came over here to Word of Life Church and I got under the spout where the money was coming out. That's always God. Thank you. I don't know what the will of God is. Where's the money? Is this too much? This is a fun way to live. Happy, full of joy. Now, I'm not saying I don't do my part. I don't say, I don't mean that I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I don't lay around and do nothing all day. I do what he told me to do, but I don't do what I don't do. You know, one time Lisa said, we need more people on the band. I said, well, that's not our problem. (laughs) Well, what if no one shows up at the nursery? Tell them to bring the kids in. I'm not God. I'm doing good. I'm doing better than y'all, amen, but that's all right. Y'all are doing a little bit good. Go to John 12. Y'all ready for another one? How are we doing for time? Oh, man. We're doing all right. John 12. This is a scripture. I love the scripture. I'm going to write this in my book, the scripture in my new book. I'm going to, I've got a third book I'm writing. First one's finished. 
Barbara's cleaning it up. She's got a lot of work to do because it's got a lot of work. John 12, 1. I want you, let, let's, let's go there. This is so neat. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who, had been, who was dead, and he raised from the dead, and they made him a supper, and Martha served, and Lazarus, one of those who ate the table with him. And Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrant oil. And one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, said, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? That's a year's wages. And given to the poor. And I love the fact that John told the truth. And this he said not that he even gave a rip about poor people, but because he is a crook. Aren't you glad he put that in there? Now let's talk about prosperity message. All these people run around going, well, I don't think that Mark Hankins ought to have a jet. He ought to take a money and give it to the poor. You don't give a rip about the poor. You just want him to give you some money. And you know why you ain't got none? Because you ain't giving. If you were obeying God, God would give you a jet. Don't shout me down. No. If you don't like your income, change it. You change it. But it says here that the reason he said that was that he's a crook. Why are you stealing money from Jesus? Because Jesus can't take care of him. See, his issues started long before this day. He never, no matter what he saw, he never trusted the Lord. Trusting God is huge. Now go to Luke 6.38. I'm going to tell you my story now. Right after I got born again, and I've got to give you the numbers here so that they make sense to you. When I was on unemployment, I made $83.30 a week unemployment. When you get a job and you make $125 a week, you're now tithed $12.50. That takes away from that. Now you've got gas money going to and from work. So in actuality, now I'm paying taxes on that, and, and I'm actually not making any more working than I was doing nothing. Now, now that's, the, that's my complaint to God. So I'm in a, I'm in a truck, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I said, God, I need money. And you all heard me tell the story, but I need to go over it again because I want to bring something out here. He said, I guess you think I lied. Now, I said this many times, but just you got to hear this. I have no idea where that statement came from. I'm thinking... I don't think I said anything about lying. <laughs> and I slowed down so God would understand me better. <laughs> I mean, this is ignorance going to seed on my end. It really is. And I said, no. I didn't say anything about lying. I said, I need money. And he says, I guess you think I lied. And I went, I don't think I am understanding this. That's why I jokingly say I think he has a feminine side. Because we're not on, he's on, I'm on one subject, he's on another subject. Hallelujah. 
Now, in case you've never gotten into talk with a woman and a man get into talk, it's sometimes it's amazing to me how you're saying one thing and then she says something and you're going, what are you talking about? No. And they never do that? No. <laughs> well, it does happens to me sometimes. So I slowed down again. I said, no. I said, I need some money. And he says, I guess you think I lied. And I went, I, I said, I don't understand what you're saying. I didn't say anything to you about lying. And then he said, what's Luke 6.38 say? He says, give and it shall be given. And I said, you're crazy. I'm already broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. Luke 6.38, no. He said, see, you said I lied. Now, I'm from Georgia. Now, I'm from Georgia. There's something you don't do to a Georgia boy. There's one thing you never do. Never draw a line in the dirt <laughs> and say, step over. And so I said to God, are you drawing a line in the dirt? And he said, yes. I said, you're challenging me to a duel? I'm serious. We're having this conversation in a truck. And he said, I said, you're on. Because he, he now understand, he's, he's, he's playing with my ego, but, but he's playing with me like a mouse. And I said, you're on. And the next Sunday, I mean, I was a little defiant. I mean, I gave my 1250. And I mean, I didn't give 1251. And I gave five extra. And I was sick. Watching my money go out of sight. Now, I need to tell you another story so you'll know. I have two legal size sheets of notebook paper at home with the bills I owe. Right. I, owe I owe Visa, Dr. Trailer for the birth of Ashley. I, 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 am in, I, am, I am so in debt, it'll take me to the middle of the millennial reign to get out of debt. So you can understand my dilemma when I'm sitting in church and I give that fat man five bucks. <laughs> and he's already told me he eats ice cream and I haven't had an ice cream cone. I mean, back then you go to McDonald's and for one dollar you could get a hamburger and french fries and a Coke and change back. Five dollars is a lot of money to be given to somebody that is fat and preaching the gospel. And I don't have no money and I just gave him five dollars and I must be losing my mind. And this is going on in me while I'm sitting in church. I don't know what he preached. I'm just thinking my five dollar. I've been hooked and crooked. I get out of my five dollar bill. I mean, I've been scammed. Now, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Next week, Debbie Christensen, the girl that came here, Debbie Wallace now, she's a resident manager. She came over to my house, asked me, could I fix a window, mow the grass, and fix a doorknob? And the, res and the apartments paid me 50 bucks mm, sure. that week. And I got that check, and I went. 
I'm making 125 a week working eight hours a day in a mm -hmm. fiberglass plant, mm -hmm. and I just made $50 working about 30 minutes during the evening. Mm -hmm. And I'm going. There you go. Can you do that again? <laughs> and I did. I did it again and again and again. And, and within a few months, Debbie steps down, and we take over the resident manager. Free rent, free phone, free utilities. I'm making 50 to 100 extra in one hour a night plus a job. And in one year, I bought a new car totally out of debt. Now, that's, I got I to write all that down. because. But now, listen, it boiled down to one thing. God said, trust me. And I'm going to tell you, it makes no logical sense to give to increase. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no logical sense to have bread in the desert. Mm -hmm. yeah. True. Now see, faith is faith in the word. Mm -hmm. Now I got, five, I got ten minutes. I'm going to tell you one more story real quick. When, when I moved here to Orlando in the ministry, I have a wife and two children. Che uh, and Ashley's mother. And I worked for Tom Copeland as a youth pastor. And I gave it all. I gave it everything I had. I mean, I'm, I'm, working my, I'm working a job, and I preach Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I'm obeying God. Now, doesn't it seem odd to you that if you're obeying God, wouldn't you increase? But I lost my wife. Church kicked me out. Lost the kids. And, I, and, 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 I, and all of a sudden, I'm driving down the road, and I don't even have food in, at, at, at my house. And I'm like, well, I good it didn't serve you. Don't think that Satan will tempt you. Don't think that you won't have trouble. So after that, I'm driving down the road one day in my truck. And the Lord said to me, and, and of course, I'm working construction. I'm not in ministry. And he asked me a question. When are you going to do what I want you to do? I said, well, tell me what you want me to do. He said, I'm not going to. I said, well, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. And I told him, I said, I served you. You know where it got me? Look at where it got me. Well, I mean, you have to talk to God. Like, You need to quit playing games with him. He not, he's not stupid. I said, um, you tell me, I don't know whether I want to do it or not. And he said, son, I know you have a family. I, and I, well, I said this. I said, Father, I'm afraid. I am afraid to obey you. And I was being honest with him. I said, I'm not just going to do this again. And he said these words. Listen to it. I know you have family. Trust me. Yeah, I broke. I broke. I cried my guts out. I, pulled, I had to pull off the side of the road. My truck was so full of the glory of God. But see, I was holding back from him. I'm, I, I'm preserving me. At least I have a job. At least I'm eating now. You know, when you go through hurt, you kind of make these vows, I'll never do it again. I'll never go through that crap again. But you let know what I ain't doing. And, and all that self fear is self-preservation. Well, that day, I was a little six, 
76 blue Toyota Hilux. I mean, it was so raggedy. The truck was so raggedy. The, win the windows didn't. You had to grab the glass and lift it up and down. <laughs> the bed was completely rusted out. It was just a, that's all. I mean, what I owned, I didn't have much. And I, and I stopped and I said, okay, okay. Starting today, I trust you. You have no idea how hard that was. Within a month, I was flying with Air Mobile Ministries. Within two or three months, I was pastoring this church. And God's not. He's not playing. He, he, it, this is a big deal to God. Did he lie? He didn't lie. Everything that you're doing now that you're not doing what he told you to do is really fear. It's, it's fear that he lied. I'm not given. Why? What if it don't work? What if it does? Is he, is he your source or are you your source? Let me tell you something. I've had issues at home with my family. Issues with Lisa and I. Issues with people. You know what I do? I go in there and get on my knees and go, you're the head of this church. Fix it. I'm not that smart. And then I go to sleep. Did you know that in 32 years, he has never one time ever let me down? And you know how many times I've been wrong? A bunch of them. He covered me, took care of the problem, and spanked me later. He never rejected me. He never stopped taking care of me. Come on, y'all. This is a good way to live your life. The days that are coming ahead, you're going to hear the, the way the world's operating right now is 100% fear. If you're going to live in fear, Satan is going to take you out. And you're, you're going to be faced with this, not once, but you're going to be faced with this a lot. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. The manna mm -hmm. was only good for a day. Right. Yeah. Your walk with God ends at midnight. You'll start over again tomorrow. The scriptures you got tonight, they end at midnight. <laughs> you're going to have to gather again tomorrow. That's another sermon. I just got. To, I just had to throw that in. Come on, y'all. Isn't that good? Father God, I want to thank you for this evening. I can sense. I just sense your spirit in this room so strong. I pray right now that everybody in this room would would resist fear and resist the devil. There, you you are a big God. You'll take care of us. You took care of them in the wilderness, and you fed them. You took care of the, of the disciples and all the people that came. You're taking care of us. Father, I didn't mention this, but I'll mention it to you now. Later, Peter fell asleep the night they are going to kill him because he trusted you. And they didn't kill him either. Father, I pray that everybody right here that's listening to me, even on the Internet, make up their mind they're not going to allow fear to rule them. I refuse to allow fear to rule them. I'm not taking care of me. I'm not preserving me. You are preserving me. I gave you me. Now, if someone's here tonight and they have not done that, I pray that they would say, Father, I give you me. 
I give you me. I'm not running me anymore. I'm going to give you glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. I want to quote one more scripture. If, would you put it on the screen, 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified? I want to show you this in the Amplified Bible. This is really not a scripture for just daily. It may take her a minute or him a minute. It says in the Amplified, casting all of your cares, all of your anxieties, and all of your concerns once and for all. It's really talking about your life. You're walking up to God and going, from now on, this is yours. God has a real good plan. I don't know what the music thing is. You want to fix that? You don't know what it is? Casting the whole of your care. How many of your anxieties? All your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Well, you have no idea what a sweet life it is to wake up in the morning and go, I don't have a care. When the doctor came in and said, you had a year to live, and I went, I don't have a care. You're either going to heal me or I'm coming home. Praise the Lord. Fear will kill you. You got to get rid of the fear if you want to live. You got to get rid of the fear if you want to have any money in your pocket. You can't be afraid of giving. Amen. Amen. Y'all have been good tonight. Y'all have paid attention. You even paid attention, Mrs. Pigeon Ford. That was good. I'm teasing her because of her shirt. Say, no fear here. Say, I don't have a care in the world. Get in the habit of saying that every day. I don't have a care in the world. God is God. I got a lot of stories to tell you. I don't have time. Remember Arthur Blessed? He was down in South America one time. God put a gun to his head and said, I'm going to kill you. And he said, glory. (laughs) And he pulled the trigger. Bullet fell out of the gun. Either God's keeping you or you're going to die. You're going to obey God. You're going to, well, uh, they're going to kill me. Well, maybe not. They, They emptied the gun. All the bullets fell out and the guy got saved. Y'all get out of here. I could preach all night long. Get have a great night. Hallelujah. Say, I'm worry free. Hallelujah. Y'all get out of here. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.